the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffle Podcast, Episode 21. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Sandra. Hello, Tammy. How are you? I'm good. I missed you. I missed you, too. (laughs) I feel like I really missed you, like, these last few weeks, you missed you. I'm glad to yeah, talk to you today. Yeah, missed you too. Had my last summer hoorah and oh gosh, just wrapping up summer. Lord, make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about today, right? <laughs> this was a long, I've never really felt like summers were long to me in terms really? of like, I was never that mom that wanted to hurry up and get her kid back into school. Mm. For all of my, you know, we'll get into that at, later in the show, but I always kind of love the time off and the sleeping in and the um, kind of openness of it. But I was ready to get my kid to school yesterday for the first day of school and for that eclipse. Like I was like, go, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> get out. New <laughs> beginnings starting right. now. Right now. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah, I was ready. And I had, I didn't think I would ever feel that way. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I did this year. Well, I'm always ready for school to start. (laughs) Actually, I am. Just because, you know, I think three months is a long time. I mean, I'm, I'm always ready. But I have to say the last three summers I have enjoyed way more than I had before, before I was sober. So, um, so I don't know, it kind of, is that sort of a flip for me, but the last three summers I've, I've enjoyed it much more. So I've had a, you know, I've had a little nostalgia, you know, when school has started, but, um, but I'm still ready, you know, for sure. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about today, right? We're going to talk about just summer as being moms, being women, being creatives. We're just going to talk about. And how they looked uh, before maybe and, you know, what they look like now in sobriety because it's, it's, um, you know, it's a big, that was a big shift for me. Summers where I, I, um, summers looked a lot different. Well, it's a different drinking season, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's like I made, oh, I got my dog. I'm so sorry. Bodhi, it's okay. It's real life over here. And this is what's mm-hmm. been happening all summer, which we have been <laughs> recording and trying to figure out. Okay, so the dog barking and interrupting our podcast has just pretty much been indicative of my whole summer. That's how it's felt, like interrupted. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> just interrupted. No, yeah. No flow. No. No easiness. Just kind of, kind of whack a mole a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that. that uh, but then that's expected too, right? Totally. I mean, you know. I mean, but I've why got... does it always feel like a surprise? 
kids here. I don't know. I mean, I've said it before, but if we had like really planned everything out for the summer and podcasts and everything else, I think I probably would have said, no, that's going to be, I'm not going to be able to do that. So we may as well put this podcast off until September. (laughs) It would have already, it would have looked overwhelming to me. And so. Well, that, that's but, kind of the thing about not future tripping that you and I talk about. Like, when yeah. you, but, but then, okay, where, where is the saving grace in that? Or where is the um, sanity? <laughs> because I don't know. It was hard, but we did it. See, that's the other yeah. thing, too. It was hard, but it wasn't impossible. We True. did it. True. We did and, it every um, week. Yeah. I'm not a huge planner actually (laughs) being honest that's why we're friends see (laughs) I fly by the seat of my pants most of the time and I especially did the summer I mean I really 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 did I did not future trip a thing and um but everything worked out the way it was supposed to and I did a lot of fun stuff and I got and I was productive so it was hard though. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard. Yeah, I feel <laughs> not a kind bit. not trying to gloss over that part. It was definitely challenging. Yeah, I feel like I'm ready to just kind of crumble and cry today, actually. So I'm sorry. Yeah. I had that feeling a couple of days ago. Right right after I got back from my trip, I had to go to a memorial for a, a relative on my husband's side whom I'd never met, but it was important to my mother-in-law and yeah, sitting in chapel, um, I completely lost it. I completely crumbled and I'm sure that the pastor was thinking, Oh, she's really, um, upset about the passing of this, of this relative Mm. whom I didn't even know. (laughs) They must've been close. No, didn't ever matter. Just Just, touched you. Yeah. I was just completely melting down because of, you know, all the pressure that Mm. I had felt on my shoulders, you know, probably for the entire summer was all just sort of coming off. And, um, yeah, it, it, I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't stop the tears dried. So you were Saturday. I was Sunday. Yeah. And I didn't even really believe in the whole eclipse thing of the, I mean, I did not that I didn't believe it was going to happen, but I mean, like the effects of it. And after yesterday hearing like what the effects were and what some, you know, cultures believed. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Reordering breaking down. Uh, yeah, I get that. I can see it all um, a coming together of masculine and feminine. I'm like, yeah, in my house, that was totally, totally happening on Sunday. And um, great disruption <laughs> was all. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just kind of reeling from that today. So and uh, us even talking about our summers you know, that's what we're going to do in this episode. Talk about what it was like maybe before um, we quit drinking and what it's like now. And there's challenges in both, right? <laughs> I mean, I know a Definitely. lot of challenges before, but Definitely. a different set of challenges now. Different set of challenges, um, you know, but at least, you know, they have 
a chance to be dealt with um, and picked apart and reordered and, and, you know, I can find solutions now to these challenges. Um, whereas before I just drank at them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Summer was definitely a time of, um, me time. And, uh, I remember ordering, I used to own a wine bar. Um, I know you know that, but maybe some of the listeners don't know that. And, um, you know, knew a lot of winemakers and I live in Sonoma County and I used to meet my, one of my favorite winemakers at the beginning of every summer, like end of May, beginning of June. And I would order three cases of rosé for the summer. Mm. And I made up my little, not a holiday, but I made up an occasion called Rosé Wednesday so that me and my girlfriends could sit on my deck every Wednesday as much as possible during the summer, you know, starting around four and just drink, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was so proud of that. Oh, we're getting together for Rosé Wednesday and oh, I'm picking up all my wine from Mick and oh, okay, this, I mean... And then I take pictures of it and I'd Instagram that stuff. You know, I was just like screaming for help. <laughs> this lady. Yeah. I just look back at that and think like I tried to make it look so fun. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was fun for others, but it was not fun for me really. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore. You know, now I'm like buying my first kombucha and going, Ooh, this is, daring of me to have one. It's been two and a half years. I just had my first kombucha. (laughs) Very, very different experience. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, My summers weren't, um, gosh, I mean, I probably made it harder on myself than if I had just surrendered even to, you know, enjoying the sum, enjoying myself and enjoying my children, enjoying the free time. But I, I had so many resentments, um, over summer just because I, uh, you know, because I was expected to entertain the kids mm-hmm. while, you know, my husband worked and, um, now, is that your expectation, your husband's, or just in general, that's just life, and you know that that was the expectation? Um, I think in general, you know, I, I mean, that was probably, you know, my husband and I sort of, we've always kind of had a division of labor, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, he works the full-time job plus, and, you know, his income pays the majority of the bills. And so I take on a lot of the domestic responsibilities. And so when summer rolls around, um, you know, that, that includes entertaining the kids. I mean, they're home, you Mm know, and, and, um, while we have always had a few camps here and there, it's never been a full-time thing. It's, cost too much and um you know I'm home so yeah. uh so summers were about me being resentful over that um because there was no time for myself and f- to work on 
my thing, you know, whatever projects I had going on or jobs actually, you know, it's not like I, I don't take on jobs in the summer because I, I do. And, um, so really having to juggle it all, then feeling the guilt about, you know, having them on their devices for a chunk of the day while I get work done. Um, and so I would just drink at all of that. Mm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I felt like I was entitled that that was part of my entitlement for, you know, having all of that on me. I was entitled that this was the only thing I had. (laughs) I'll drink at it. And, um, you know, of course, we all know that, you know, you drink at people or places or things, but, um, you know, I'm the one that's suffering. Yeah. Uh, so, but that, that's, that, that was summers. That, that was, that was, those were my summers in, in a nutshell, you know, for the past decade. And, um, so not, not a lot of fun. Even when I did say, okay, screw it. Let's just, you know, drive out to a water hole for the day. Um, I still didn't, uh, find any joy in that. Like I didn't, ever I just wouldn't I just didn't have fun I didn't have any joy in it find any joy in it and you know um I have a little bit of regret over that I feel like I've you know I mean coupled with all of the moments we lost when we were drinking but that was those were big ones and it's taken some time for me to, um, well, we'll get to what they're like now, but having to learn how to ha- have fun again in, in everything, but especially in summers with my kids, like really having to, to learn how to um, calm down and um, be present in the moment and enjoy the moment. I've, I've had to learn how to do that yeah it's like a like for me it felt hollow like when I look back on the things that I did that was quote-unquote for fun right when I'm packing all my wine and my wine carry in the back of my car because we're going to the river for the day or we're going to someone's house for um, the evening I always had to bring so much wine I just think about that like every occasion or all the moms used to get together in the park after school on Fridays. I know this isn't summer, but these are the the ladies I would hang out with in the summertime. It's like, it was always that I carried alcohol with me. And I look at that now, like, what were they thinking? Like, cause not everybody, you know, was drinking to my level. Um, but I show up at a kid event, you know, in the summertime and just packing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I'm sure they're like, um, you're driving around with a little kid in your car. And I have a lot of regret about those times. Um, summer for me, just, yeah, it did feel like a quote unquote time off uh, from my life. Uh, I only have one kid, which is a big difference in having two. And you still have a little one, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I, I, that's different than, than a 14-year-old because you have a 14-year-old too. Like it's a very different 
what they need or, or the attention or, yeah, you know, yeah, they, they, they still want to be engaged. Yeah. Well, and I have two completely different kids, mm-hmm. you know, my daughter, the younger one is very social. And if it were up to her, she would, you know, we would go spend time with, with friends and at the pool and all, we'd do that every day if it, if it were up to her, um, <laughs> You know, when she's independent, when she gets old enough to be independent, she's not going to be here much (laughs) in the summers, I guarantee you. Right. My son is more like me. You know, he can be more of a homebody and um, he's perfectly content, you know, whiling days away at home. Um, So, yeah. So two different kids to address as well. Um, But... Uh, yeah, summers were just, I mean, and talk about, yeah, Instagram photos. I mean, I have, Mm. (laughs) I have so, you know, so many of those memories come up for me, um, regarding, you know, summers past and, uh, yeah, we were either having pool party with friends and, you know, sleepovers. and this and the sleepovers and all that and you know with all the the booze or I was you know letting them hang out at a park that was attached to a grocery store slash cafe that sold wine you know like mm-hmm. there was always always mm-hmm. there had to be alcohol involved um yeah music festivals to- to, to, yeah, engage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was like the activities that I selected had to have a component of alcohol for attached. Sure. Yeah. So that was, um, you know, and that wasn't even the other people, I mean, dinner parties, like I talked about, I went to so many, I don't get invited to many now and that's okay. (laughs) It's totally fine. Um, because for me, that, that is synonymous with we're going to take some wine and it's going to be a night. It's We're going to have an evening. And I would most likely drink too much and be hung over the next day. And then you spent part of the day recovering. And then take a shower at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and figure out the rest of the day and do it all over again. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever that looked like. Um, I don't like to go to music festivals. I never have. I don't like big crowds. Um, I never took my kid to Disneyland. My husband just did that. I think last year and he's 14. Like I, I realized about myself, I, I did all those things when I was drinking because, um, not the Disneyland part, but just the festivals and the people and, um, because there was alcohol there. Mm-hmm. And now that I oh, don't yeah. drink, I'm like, Nope, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to do any of that stuff. Uh, I sound like a little bit of a stick in the mud, but, but once, but once I quit drinking, I had to kind of, I think for me, it's, this is my third summer was it your third summer as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was different you know it was really um I'd say those first two summers were even more different than than this summer was right actually it's my fourth summer ah. well three and a half three okay. and a half summers because yeah. I got sober in the summer oh, but it's kind right. of in the middle of the summer yeah yeah so yeah. that gave me a chance to start thinking about how I wanted to structure my summers going forward so that there wouldn't be uh, a lot of downtime 
and we can talk about that. So um, that's I was kind of proactive about how what I wanted my summers to look like um, in sobriety because I was scared. I was I was you know I had good momentum uh, getting sober in the summer, but I was scared about future summers. Because you got sober in July, right? You you just mm-hmm. had your three year. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. in the middle of summer. You're July, middle of July there. Mm-hmm. You're just getting sober. So you were kind of hanging mm-hmm. hanging on for dear life a little bit that first summer. Little bit, yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit. But you know, um, we've talked about my early months of sobriety, and mm-hmm. and um, while yes, they were challenging. I had experienced such a relief in the beginning that I had some pretty good momentum. Um, but, uh, I was definitely, I definitely had a lot of fear around future summers. And so I intentionally, um, stacked my first complete sober summer. I stacked it with, um, activities Because I just didn't want to have a lot of downtime. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I was, I was, I had a lot of fear around uh, downtime. And so I... Too much thinking? uh, Or just you needed to keep your hands and mind busy? I needed to keep my hands and my mind busy. I needed to keep my kids busy. Um... I didn't want that resentment to start creeping up again mm-hmm. because I knew then even um, that that would that would lead to me wanting to drink. Mm-hmm. And so that old resentment that I had felt over summers, I didn't want that to happen again. So w- what I did was that's when I started um, my summer camps, um, because I thought, you know, this would be a way for me to make some income, Mm -hmm. keep my daughter busy. Uh, you know, I could probably set up opportunities for my son to see friends if he wanted to, or he could hide in his room, which is what he did for the last three summers. (laughs) And he was perfectly happy. Right doing that. Um, you know, he wasn't expected to go anywhere for those four hours a day. And Chloe was five at the time when you quit drinking. So yeah, she's little, Mm -hmm. she's just a little one. So yeah, I can see, um, you had a different set of challenges for sure in terms of just keeping her busy too. So your camps, she gets to participate in those, right? She gets to participate, social time for her. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I was being creative and productive, making income. It like checked all the the boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, And that worked really well for the last three summers. Now, enter this summer, it became a little more challenging and that's just because I had even more on my plate with mm-hmm. the podcast and I mean, gosh, I haven't even given my blog any attention this summer um, because I was just trying to make it, you know, just trying to juggle it all. Well, you, a lot of things had to be put on the back burner. 
you also sold a bunch of your work um, on your blo- on your website, though your marketplace, and you promoted yourself there, which was awesome. Right, right. But you're right yeah. in terms of writing and content and things. Yeah, that's that's a whole that's a that's a fall activity, <laughs> winter <Yes>. activity. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I made this really awesome like summer master to do list, which you know, these are all things I would, you know, would like to set my sights on. And I didn't get them all marked off, not even close. (laughs) But it was a, um, you know, it really, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm almost kind of glad that I didn't make it all work, because now I can kind of reprioritize Mm-hmm. my thoughts and going forward, um, you know, because uh, if I've learned anything, it's, you know, if something stops working, it can change. And, um, you know, we have to stay gil- diligent and willing to evolve and things that are no longer working for us, we can let them go. I like that you made a, you know, of course I love that you made a list, but, um, I, it, summer starts out like gangbusters for me. Like I am like all the ideas, all the lists, all the energy. And then by Sunday when I'm crying, <laughs> the last day of summer break, like I know summer's not over technically the season, but the last day before school, it was just like, I had wanted to do so many things this summer. And one of the big ones was to write this book proposal and here it is on Sunday, the day before school is going back in. And it wasn't because, well, what, well, what you just said, like I, I, that, that may not be in the cards for right now. And that clearly wasn't that much of a, enough of a priority for me to stick that on the top of my list. And I'm not going to beat myself up about that. You're right. What's left on that list or whatever the goals were, it's just like, okay, what's really important? Because if it was that important, it would have mm-hmm. got done. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that is a fall, autumn, winter activity. Maybe I'm getting ready for next year. Maybe I'll have more time and space to kind of prop- give it the attention it needs. So I like that. I, I like that idea that just you could look at it and, and kind of almost assess like, well, we got all of these things done because those those were calling us. Mm-hmm. You know, and you gave the attention to what you really wanted to do, which, gosh, when I was drinking, I... I would, the resentments like you talked about, I would resent anybody that would keep me from doing the fun thing, the party, the dinners, the, um, days at the river with no, you know, curfew or responsibilities necessarily other than to keep my kid alive. Um, but I, I like that you didn't do everything on your list either. Cause that's, that's not the goal of summer. No, and it, and it really wasn't. I mean, it was you know, that was stretching. It was magical thinking that it would, that I would mark all those things off the list. Anyway, it was fun to write the list. So it's always fun to, to, you know, dream big and Mm -hmm. write big lists and have big goals. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't beat myself up though over not meeting them all. And the things that I did, the goals that I did meet, were super exciting too. So, um, you want to talk about that? 
Well, yeah. Where do you want to go with this? Like, I, because I mean, a lot of good things happen this summer. I'm sounding a little bit like, (laughs) but I think for both of us, as, as challenging as doing, putting out a weekly podcast, which, you know, is no easy feat. And it, you know, we didn't do it totally alone. My husband helped us a little bit, but we like the scheduling, the guests, everything like, I'm super proud that we did that. And yeah. I don't mean to sound negative. Like, I think that's where I was feeling at the beginning of the podcast was I was having such hard emotions. I was like, Rrr. but I, I'm proud of us. Yeah, we did do that. And we also did a lot of individual creative projects. I mean, you have yeah. lists of things that you've done this yeah. summer. And yeah, same same here. And, you know, I had one big goal, yeah. and that was to take my kids to see Hamilton. And... Oh. um. I had to do a lot to make that happen, and I did it. You did do it. Yeah. And you seem super focused this summer. Like, I don't, I know you're sharing this, like, uh, from my end of just talking to you, and like, we didn't, we, we, we talked a lot and text a lot, but just like, I knew you were like a little bit, it seemed like you were on a mission, and I didn't fully know that that was the mission at the beginning of the summer, but I got wind of that, you know, and I thought, she's working her tail off. She's totally going to make this happen. And then mm-hmm. when you did your Hamilton sale on your website, I was like, yep, she's going. It's done. It's, you know, I knew you got your tickets. And I was so proud of you, all your camps, all your all your work. Thank you. And I, yeah, I was super, I mean, I don't even think, and I think that that was why some of the tears were falling mm-hmm. at chapel the other day is because mm-hmm. it was, you know, I did. I did make it happen. Now, there was a little bit, and I'll talk about it later when we talk about our three things in our toolbox, but there was a little anxiety that came with this just even making this trip because I was driving uh, by myself with my children Mm -hmm. far, far away from home. And, um, you know, I have really gotten used to parenting with a partner. (laughs) Yeah. And I do not take that for granted. I mean, I was I was a single mom for a little while when my son was pretty small, a toddler. Um, but uh, it's been a long time since I've had to solo parent, and uh, you know, so there I had to constantly be on. And like I was thinking last night, I need a massage because like my shoulders, I think, are still kind of tensed up from, from driving and just being on, yeah. you know, for a week. Um, but, uh, you know, the joy of all that, you know, outweighed, overshadowed the, the anxiety. Um, well, for being, sure. I mentioned all the single parents or moms that are out there listening like that. That's a huge, huge job. Yeah. And to, to parent, with my husband is, yeah, I try not to take that for granted either because I really, I need him to balance me out first of all, because contrary to my own opinion, I am not right about everything. Um, but he, he does, he's kind of that voice of reason and he also, he likes to drive and I do not. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I think road trips in particular in the summertime, um, now that I am, you know, really present and, um, sober in my, in my life. Like they're great. I can be present, but I'm also have to really do a lot of self care. And I don't know how you could do that for yourself with your two kids. Usually I'm traveling with another mom. 
um, when I do my summer road trips and these are the little adventures that I do. Like we went rafting this summer, but four days with, you know, five kids in the car and three moms, I needed my alone, quiet time. And, um, yeah, I didn't get a lot of that. Yeah, I'm imagining that you didn't. <laughs> Big bubble bath in the hotel hot in the hotel tub, maybe. Nope, didn't oh, even. Shoot. Always just yeah. yeah on, end of going. days were too exhausting, and yeah. so didn't even do that. But I, I will. I practiced one thing that I'll share at the end okay. that that really um, helped with some of the some of the anxiety and just, um, catastrophic thinking. I mean, I've I brought this up in our Facebook group the other day, but, and that's a thing, by the way, you can be a catastrophic thinker and it's a condition and I don't even know if I have it as a condition. Um, it seems to pop up when I am, on the verge of doing something great. Mm -hmm. And instead of just, you know, relishing in my success, um, it probably comes back to, you know, feeling unworthy Mm -hmm. of success. But I will go into this sort of catastrophic thinking, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's kind of some form of self-sabotage. I'm sure a psychiatrist could psychologist, therapist could pick that apart. Um, it, you don't have to explore too far back into my past probably to figure out why I, I, I do that. Um, and I know I'm not the only one, uh, but there was a lot of that, you know, there was a lot of that on the trip because I had time to sit there while driving and thinking, the car's going to explode. Someone's going to steal my oh. purse. Someone's going to steal a child. You know, like my head would just keep going. Oh, there. Sandra. <laughs> That's yeah. stressful. Yeah, that was, it was a little, it was a little, yeah, that okay. was a little so stressful. Fear. So that's fear. Fear. It's yeah. all fear. Okay. Yeah. Isn't everything fear? fear? <laughs> yes. I'm reading that Pima Chodron when things fall apart. I'm like, oh, fear, 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 fear. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But you're right. That catastrophic thinking. I know a few people that do that in my life. And that that phrase right there, I just wrote it down. Yeah, that's something to think about. Yeah. And you so, did this after. The, so you're on the trip. Like you it was reached your goal. I, and then, then it, 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 it fostered, right? It kind of bloomed. Sure. Because okay. I had time. Mm. It, there was time for it to foster while I was driving. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky. Not lucky, no. Yeah, but the but the unexpected um, benefit of driving across the country, um, especially during that week in particular, which was a week where um, there were white supremacist groups, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, marching, popping up and marching, and our president was not condemning them. Um, there, so this, the side benefit of that was just, um, gosh, just getting to kind of see America, uh, with my eyes as Mm -hmm. driving through some States that I've driven through before probably, but it's been a while and just really, God, we, 
live in such a beautiful country. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Um, Arkansas is beautiful. Man, it's so, uh, so beautiful. Um, Missouri was really beautiful. And um, just, you know, then I saw a lot of, drove through a lot of very poor towns and very, very poor pockets of, of con- the country. And, um, and then, you know, landed in a luxurious hotel in Chicago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had a lot of things to, a lot of things to reflect on. On the way back, um, I, I, our battery died. Oh. And I had to get some help. I had to ask for some help. And, um, and. Where were you at when that happened? We were in Missouri. Um, we had stopped. It was on the way back. And we had stopped halfway to get some sleep. And, um, yeah, that morning when I woke up, my battery was dead. Yeah. And that, so see, I that's have, like something I, I'm going to sound like I'm way from the fifties here, but like, I do appreciate my husband that he handles that stuff for me. Sure. And oh, that's, I, I may sound like just a lady, you know, of leisure, but I do appreciate that he does handle it. So I was just thinking on your road trip, I mean, you are all by yourself and your kiddos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I've traveled, I've always had these other adults. So you had to do it totally solo. Okay. So you met, you navigated that, which and I mean, I know I could figure it out. But it is nice to have someone to handle that. So how did you, did you just call AAA or did you, how did you handle that? No, went in the hotel and, and, um, you told the, the guy behind the desk that, you know, trying to drive back to Texas by myself, my two kids in the car, battery's dead. Can you help me? And he, and he called, luckily we were right next to a, um, kind of like a truck stop. Mm-hmm. type station he called that guy that works on the trucks and he came over with his little battery jumper thing and and gave me a jump the kindness then, of strangers mm-hmm. and then I had to had to drive to uh you know to like an auto zone and mm-hmm. and have the guy test it and ended up buying a new battery um so yeah, yeah, they were they were very kind and you know my father was an auto mechanic and I was telling the guy, you know, my dad would um he would he got a lot of joy out of helping other people, mm-hmm. you know, people that needed help with their cars. He got actually a lot of that's probably one of the things that would light him up and um so I really, you know, was appreciative of that. You know, I couldn't also couldn't help but think, you know, that I'm a, a a white woman asking for help and, and I probably wouldn't have trouble getting help. Mm -hmm. Um, had I been a person of color, you know, who, who knows? Um, I may have had to use my wallet a little more or, you know, it would have taken more than one ask. Um, but, um, but also that you were, um, I mean, yeah, absolutely. That I, I get what you're saying there. But also that you were clear and present in your life. 
that you could handle that situation, right? Oh, and that I didn't just melt down. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, for sure. Had this happened. Yeah. I probably would have just completely, um, it would have taken longer. I would have melted down in the car first. Yeah, my, my victim mode and my kind of martyrdom mm -hmm. was at an all-time high when I was drinking, right? And that mm -hmm. everything seemed so impossible. Oh, And I would, sure. like, scratch at it and try to figure it out and, you know, band-aid things together. Nothing was ever easy. <laughs> I made it so hard. So something like that would have just been, well, we have to stay another night in Chicago. And there's just no way I could figure this out. Or I would be hung over and wouldn't want to talk to the guy at the front desk because I'd feel guilty. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it would have been all of these things in my head working against, I'd be working against myself, but you were able mm -hmm. to just go need help, ask for it, figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, bravo to you. Yeah. So anyway, and, and we, um, we made it back and then I sat in church the next day and sobbed like a baby because. <laughs> yeah, I get that kind of the relief of being home and being held and like being in a place, I imagine a church, you know, um, can bring all those feelings out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. So. And you did some big stuff this summer too. Yeah. Yeah. We had like kind of some unexpected things. I really thought I had this really mellow summer going into it. I thought, oh, Grady's going away for a couple of weeks and I'll have, you know, I didn't take summer school this year for the first, this is the first summer since I stopped. So when I stopped drinking, I signed up for, to go back to college. And so my first semester was in summer. And it was sociology, and I did a whole genealogy family tree um, project, which was really interesting and great. And I, for so for six weeks of that summer, I was basically doing schoolwork every day. So I kind of had like nose to the grindstone. I had something to keep me on track. Right. And I did that last summer as well with an art history class. And, um, but this summer I thought, I'm not going to take a class, I'm going to have my own kind of school of things that I was going to do. And so that was a little more loosey goosey. So when things popped up, like we had a, a sudden death in the family that obviously wasn't planned in a trip. And I ended up going to Utah to see a family member that wasn't planned, which was great. And then we went rafting, which I wasn't planning on going on that trip. Um, and I wasn't planning on having my godchildren for 10 days. So it was like a lot of unexpected stuff, but I could totally handle it because I was sober. Because right. I was, um, but I still needed, it was, um, how do I explain it? I can handle things that are unexpected now, but I still crave some order. I still mm -hmm. crave a routine. So those things popped up and I had other routines to keep me busy, which I did want to share because, um, for me, one of them was a big one and it was the, I do that ray of light series every week. And I have been working on getting ahead of that project so that I don't have to be so stressed out and working on it the night before I post it because I post it every Friday. So my goal this summer was to try to get a few weeks under my belt of artwork done and editing interviews and, and, put, and scheduling them ahead of time. So I'm finally a couple weeks ahead of schedule, which is great. And I found that helped me work through a lot of thoughts and things on other things that I procrastinate on. Um, 
you know, some of the things I waited to the last day of summer, like I said, to do, I had a bunch of administrative things that I needed to finish since like April, <laughs> that oh, every have... week it's on my list. And I'm like, sure. What? So anyhow, my, my creative projects that kind of, that I worked on that hundred day project I worked on, I do a daily gratitude list. So a lot of my self-imposed assignments helped ground me. And, Mm -hmm. and they did not feel, they did not feel like, um, well, that's not true. The hundred day project, I was ready for it to be over when it was over. Yeah. But like my daily gratitude list and that ray of light work that, you know, I'm, I'm featuring women in recovery and learning all these different ways that women recover. And that just kind of helps me kind of grounds me. Mm -hmm. Um, so creatively that was that was awesome. And then I was inspired by you and your marketplace and your blog structure. And I just copied you, Sandra. <laughs> Went and got Good. your template from Squarespace. And I was like, I can't, I feel like I can't figure it out, but I know better, right? I just mm-hmm. wasn't giving it the time and attention. I think right. I stayed up one night until like one or two o'clock in the morning just doing it. And there's still some things that need to be tweaked and whatever, but it was good enough. Right. And I put up my marketplace and I sold, so this summer I sold three paintings, three That's original amazing. paintings. And I did, at the beginning of summer, I would have not thought, I did not think that was going to happen. I didn't plan that to happen. And it just gave me this confidence to do all of these other things I have now in my mind. So this season, even though it didn't go to school, I had my own little session of, um, of summer school, I guess, for myself. And I really, right. I really, um that helped my sobriety big time to be out in the studio to see, um, to see progress too. Not perfection, right? Just progress. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and yeah, right. And that, that has gotten me thinking about, you know, how I may want to restructure my summers going forward. You know, I may not do the camps or, um, haven't, you know, I, I have time to make that decision, but, um, I may not do that or I may just set, um, smaller achievable goals, you know, um, instead of 10 giant ones where I'm really only going to hit one. Um, and I need to schedule in more downtime. I I think that's what I missed probably Mm -hmm. the most is that, um, you know, they were the stacked summers worked for me for a couple of summers, but this one was just a little mm-hmm. too stacked and there was not a lot of downtime. And, um, I, I did have many moments where I was just, um, you know, overbooked and frustrated. Yeah. The downtime, um, I do take a nap every afternoon. <laughs> I try to, which probably sounds really indulgent, but like yesterday I was gone from, you know, up and out since six, seven o'clock in the morning. I get home at four 30 and I'm like, I need my nap. Mm -hmm. I need 20 minutes is all I need. And it just gets me through that little afternoon hump of, of just kind of dragging. And then I'm good. So yesterday when I home, I was like, I know I need one, but I did not have time for one yesterday. And, uh, I thought I need more naps in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And this summer I did that. Um, good. I, I'm going to share something, uh, 
in my three things to, uh, about a class I took or that I'm still taking in August. Um, but that's trying to help me figure out where I waste time. Um, Facebook, social media. Um, some of them are not a surprise, but also just how can I structure when I best work, which is the mornings and trying to figure out a better, a better flow. So we, I'll talk about that a little bit later, but downtime, I think like the naps for me is huge. And the, just the days that don't have like one thing on the calendar. Right. See, that's what I'm, yeah, I'm not a napper and I probably never will be, Mm -hmm. but even just, you know, there wasn't even a lot of just laying down with a book mm-hmm. either. Um, I, I didn't read hardly at all this summer. And I thought I had these big plans, a big stack at the beginning of summer. Same. I'm going to get through all these books. Same. <laughs> nope. Not uh-uh. much for me either. I got a couple mm-hmm. and I have a yeah. whole stack just waiting for me. Um, but I didn't make, a, I didn't allow a lot of time for that. You're right. Whether that's no. called downtime or even if, if I knew if I just would give myself a half an hour every day to read, right? Just like anything that we want to create a routine out of that you want more of, uh, stay off my phone for half an hour and just go read. You know, I know I can do it, but I didn't carve out time for reading that. That was something that did not, did not, was not high on the list. No, no. Well, but making so, so I, you know, it's a trade-off. Like, so I'm in the studio a ton and making a ton writing, all that stuff's filling me up, but something's got to give somewhere else, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how I always say it's like, what what will I neglect? <laughs> <laughs> what will I neglect today to do this other thing? <laughs> uh, you know how I put a quote at the top of my planner every week? I put a quote. And several of them uh-huh. have been yours. That's going to be that for next week. <laughs> <laughs> what will I neglect today? Sandra Primo. <laughs> that's a good one, Sandra. <laughs> Cause yeah, what, that's kind of how it is. You got to pick what the what the thing is, right? That, that's most important, or what's filling you up. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I I resolve to have uh, more days where there's just really not a anything on the list, or maybe the one thing on the list is you yeah. know swim at Barton Springs, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So I need more of those days because I don't want to look back at every summer and go, wow, that's a blur. I d- mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, and having to just flip through my Instagram to see <laughs> what, what I, I did. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Well, <clears throat> let's see. Um, uh, we, you were talking about resentments, um, earlier in the pod and I, I, I heard this great quote the other day that expectations are really just pre-resentments. Oh, yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. I love yeah. that so much. And I was like, oh, that hit right. the spot. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard it. They're just resentments waiting to happen or, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's why I um, I don't do a lot of future tripping yeah. because I figured that out from the beginning that if I – have less expectations, which for me means less future tripping, then I will have less resentments. Um, so, uh, it's a practice. Yeah, it is. But I think about that when I start getting in that place or actually what's been helping me, um, is that when others are having resentments of me, I'm like, Oh, it's cause they're expecting something and they haven't maybe communicated it to me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean to be vague here because um, it's my husband, but <laughs> <laughs> just that if he has an expectation that I don't know about. Oh, and then sure. He, and then, you know, we were talking just last night and it was like, honey, I can't know that you want me to do that if you don't ask me. Mm-hmm. So I use that whole phrase on him. I'm like, you have expectations. And so it's just going to build a resentment. But if I have zero clue of that over here on my side of the street, like I got nothing. I'm yeah. not going to be able to help you with that. And so mm-hmm. but I take that, you know, turn that back around on myself. Like, what am I expecting of my son or of my husband or of my friendships or of my sponsees? Like when I start having expectations, I need to like, that's my hold up, like take a pause. <laughs> Right. Um, and let them either know what those expectations are or, or, or dreams or whatever you want to call them. Maybe expectation is a loaded word, but just hopes, um, uh, ideas for them. You know, they, they have, they can say, they can sign on or not. Right. You because don't have wait, that conversation. What, yeah. Because what it should do is just open lines of communication. It should, Sandra. It really should. Oh, <laughs> that is a real grown up thing to say. <laughs> Oh, that's how I felt yesterday when I took my son to school. I wasn't going to go, Sandra. I was not going to take him to his first day of high school. Talk about a resentment from Sunday. So I just got done writing my column for Chris over at the Recovery Revolution, or since right now, um, called Crossing the Room. And I did it on step 10. And it was about my daily inventory. And... um, kind of cleaning up my side of the street before I go to bed every night, right? Mm-hmm. And I wrote that on Sunday, had this ex- horrible day with my son, oh, went no. to bed and did not clean it up. I woke up at three o'clock in the morning, yesterday morning, going, what? you just wrote this. You just talked about all of this, how you fix this before you go to bed at night. Or before the day is over, or you admit you're wrong as soon as you know it. How did you just like write it that very same day and then like not even practice it? Mm-hmm. So I was up early. I practiced it yesterday morning, but I really the night before I was told my husband I said I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go to his school, and I was just annoyed. And I thought he's been so hurtful that I let him go have his first day with his father. And I don't want to bring that bad vibe to him on his first day. Little bit, maybe going to be a martyr about it. Little martyrish, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I woke up thinking about. Like, why would you do that when you can actually clean this up? And I went yesterday, Sandra, and it was the most beautiful ceremony. I've never been to a first day of school like this, where they talked about so many beautiful things um, for the students. And then... They had the school, um, the girl that's starring in Romeo and Juliet saying, let it be by the Mm. Beatles. And I just lost it. (laughs) I was like already like at the edge of, you know, tears. And then just thinking about, yeah, just thinking about what had happened with him and I. And I was like, I need to just let it be. (laughs) Oh, well, well, good thing you went. (laughs) needed to go that's a good thing then we couldn't see the eclipse because it was foggy Mm. and I had to run off to my first day of school and my math professor had the eclipse on the um streaming 
And she was super, super excited about this eclipse. And um, so it all, the day was just kind of, it all worked out. But I think it's because I own my part. Right. And you didn't stay in that resentment because had you, had you, uh, had you not attended the ceremony, yeah, you would have just been stuck in it the entire day. Yeah. And it wouldn't. Yeah, it would have just been, um, yeah, I would have been stuck. You're right. I unstuck myself you did. by practicing the 10th step. And I'm, you know, glad. I'm glad. And maybe these tears, I just need to get them out. Yeah. I'm not all giggles and sunshine over here all the time. But um, I at least have a, a way, you know, like I can figure out a way to fix it now. For me. Yeah, there's a solution. There is a solution. <laughs> there it goes. Oh. Well, anything else we didn't chat about that you want to mention? I, uh, you know, real quick, that mm-hmm. uh, one other thing I was going to add is that we um, both made some dietary changes this summer too. Oh, I don't know right. how yours are going, but mine are going pretty well. <laughs> mine are too. Good. I was just going to, you're right. It's kind of a big deal too. Um, yeah. My friend, I went to my friend's house and he, 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 he know, I, I, he saw something on Instagram that I put, um, on my quit that app, you know, since I, uh-huh. I keep track of these things and he just walks up to me and he goes, I better not find my name on your quit that app. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me a second. I'm like, what? He goes, I don't want to show up on your quit that app that you quit me. I'm like, oh, Bert, never. I could never quit you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I quit I quit drinking. Um, I quit coffee. I quit dyeing my own hair, which I'm way into my gray hair experiment. And it's been 28 days since I last ate meat. So that's, uh, yeah, meat-free. And I feel super good, which I think is what maybe you had shared mm-hmm. um, about your experiment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So same, like I more, yeah, just more plant-based. Um, I haven't actually had, actually I did have fish twice in the past, however long I've gone, 35, I don't even know, I haven't counted, but it's been over a month. Um, so fish twice, I had a couple of eggs here and there, really three, maybe four eggs in the wow. last little over a month. Um, so mostly plant-based, not uh, hardly any gluten. Some has, has, there's a little that's snuck in here or there. Mm-hmm. A little bit of dairy has snuck in here and there. Um, but mostly not. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel great. And I've lost like 10 pounds, which is crazy, right? That's a lot to lose in a month. That's yeah. I know, right? That's like a byproduct. I'd said to my husband, I was like, I haven't lost any weight. And he goes, because you haven't exercised. <laughs> right. So, See, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe you have a point. Well, <laughs> and, and I am an exerciser and, you know, and I really upped my exercise game since sobriety. Um, I work out almost every day. But I, the weight was creeping up on me. Now the end game wasn't to lose weight really um, at all. I just wanted to feel better. But part of that was because I 
I had put on about 20 pounds that I couldn't seem to let go of. And that was adding to me not feeling good. Mm. That was adding to it. And, um, so yeah, I've lost 10 pounds, um, which is so, um, interesting to me, uh, because I've, I'm eating a ton, um, and I feel really, really good. So anyway, I'm so happy. Like for me, like I didn't want to call it anything, you know, um, I am an all or nothing, which is clearly why I keep the app of quitting things. Cause I kind of like that. I just thought like, if I can quit drinking, I can flip and do anything. True. That's kind of how I feel in sobriety. So when I was thinking like, oh, it'll be tough to give up. No, it actually has not been hard at all. I've been able, I went rafting and we were, you know, I was thinking road trip, like what am I going to eat it all? It was totally fine. I'm not Mm -hmm. eating anything that's like tofu or any um, soy based products or someone had asked me on the Facebook group, like, what are you, are you eating any kind of like fake food? No, I'm just not eating meat, but I am eating fish. And that mm-hmm. has been helping me um, do the, with the transition. But I feel good. My skin looks so much better, which I've been battling with my skin since I stopped drinking um, mm-hmm. or even before I quit drinking. Um, it just is much, uh, I don't have the cystic acne that I had. Mm-hmm. And I just feel lighter. Yeah, I know. I know you don't like to talk about poop, but I'm <laughs> right. about to. Shoot. Right. I'm, gonna, I'm just going <laughs> to be quick. for a second. <laughs> It'll be quick. Go. <laughs> but my problem, my entire life, I've had digestive issues. Um, those are no longer a problem. I'll just say that. Yeah. Nice. Well, I will say I've noticed a change as well, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that is a good, good, good thing. I yes. mean, these are something that I have brought to my doctor several, several, several times over the past decade. And, um, those have all, all of those problems have been relieved. (laughs) Um, I'm very happy for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I'm glad that it's over. I'm glad that it happened. Um, insights for next summer for sure. But I'm going to be at a different place next summer, too. So I can't even really know what that's going to look like. No, I know. Right. No future tripping. It's just like, this is kind of what happened. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If I start, you gotta it. stop me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. The only thing I have will say that I've and I've already said is I would love. I want to have an intention of just more completely unscheduled, relaxed mm-hmm. time. Yeah, and yes, and that sounds like a win for everyone, really. Right. Because if mom's relaxed, then everybody can just chill out. Right. Right. Well, I'm looking forward to having more time um, to create and be home and have a structure for me because, you know, I kind of thrive on that. So um, maybe I'm feeling a little bit emotional and kind of how I felt here because it's just I'm tapped out. It's the end. I'm ready for a new order. A new order. Yeah. So, um, this is the part of the show where we um, share our three tools now in our unruffled yes. toolbox, which can be anything that keeps us calm, not agitated. It could be a creative tool. It can be a sobriety tool. It can just be a life tool. Like what? What worked for you this week? Okay. You want to start? 
Yeah, I'll start. Okay. Um, my first one, uh, I may be stating the obvious in respect to uh, what I did last week, but go see some art, mm. people. <laughs> see some art. See some art that makes your gut flip and your hair stand on end and makes you sob. Go see some art. Mm. Um, even if it's just a soundtrack to a musical that you've listened to <laughs> one thousand and one times and still makes you cry or, you know, go to a museum or go see a show. But I think what we all need to do right now is go see some art. <laughs> yeah. And that, um, that was, that was a, that, that was my number one for last week. Mm, I like that. We listened to the Hamilton soundtrack the day that you were at Hamilton. Yay. Me and my son, we <laughs> sat at the table and just played it while we were doing things. And I do like to sing a little bit to that soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I, I tease my son all the time and say, yes, when uh, Hamilton comes to Austin, you know that I'm going to audition for Angelica, right? And <laughs> I hope you don't get embarrassed. And I'm really going to convince them that, you know, it's okay if Angelica's just a little older. It's mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, I, I can can't wait to see you in that <laughs> <laughs> Totally. I want to be one of those dancers. <laughs> Holy cow! And their awesome oh, I little know. outfits, and I know they, they were like another character. The whole group of oh, them in the. Yeah. I mean, I I was I wanted to concentrate on the on who was in the play, but I also wanted to really pay attention to what they were doing as well. Oh, it was yeah. like I kept finding myself like, oh, I got to see this again. I would have to see this again someday because it's so. There's so well, much. The beauty. whole stage is moving, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. From. Yeah. Foreground to background, the whole stage is moving, and ugh, God, that was, it was mesmerizing. So it totally met your expectations. Oh, speaking of yes. expectations, there's no pre-resentments for this. It's all no, it met no. the ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it was worth every second and every penny. It was, Were your children? Oh, we it? was just. Oh, yes. We were all on the edge of our seats. We were crying. We were mm-hmm. grabbing each other's hands. It was, Aww. yeah, mm-hmm. it was quite an experience. So go see some art. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yep. Well, mine's not going to be as awesome as that because it's going to sound really boring. But <laughs> <laughs> for me, feeling a little spun out uh, this last week, I have been craving order. So... Um, uh, I have a, I don't know if I've shared this before. I have a Moleskine weekly notebook. I think I have shared this, but I use it for my calendar and my to-dos. Now I have an electronic calendar that me and my husband, it helps for like carpooling and things, but this paper calendar is really important to me because I bring it out to the studio. It keeps me on track for projects, things like that pop in your mind that you go, Oh, I'll think about that later, or I'll do that later. Mm-hmm. I kind of have to jot it down either in the in my notes for the week that I'm working on, or if I know I'm going to do that in two weeks, I go ahead a couple of weeks and go jot it down so I don't forget to check in on the project or the thing I'm doing or research something. Um, I put notes about my health. I put about my homework. 
and it's just one page and like that, this notebook has just reorganized. I just bought it last August. So I've had it for a year and I'm just really now kind of fully utilizing it in a way that is a little more efficient than just trying to keep everything in my brain because I'm almost 47 in a couple of weeks Mm-mm. and yeah, I'm just not can't do it. Those little things, even if they're big things, I'm not remembering them or they're falling to the bottom. Um, anyhow, so that, that's mine, that, that notebook yeah. and calendar, I need to get it a refill. Um, it's a, like an August to December calendar. So it's like a year and four months. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out, I've just seen them for sale and they, they're only, they all start in August. I'm like, well, certainly if you end the calendar in December, you'd have to have a January start for the next year. Right. Anyhow, hmm. I got to figure that out, but it's yeah, been saving a, me. Yeah. I'm a paper calendar girl as well. Hmm. I, yeah, I have to write it all down okay. or it doesn't, it goes completely away and then it resurfaces <laughs> again. Like when I'm in the shower a week later. Right. Yeah. So. Or I'm driving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there was that thing and I don't have any paper. So, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. That's my, that's my little thing that's been keeping me sane. And I love checking things off a list. So that made me really happy. Okay. Well, that's a good one. Okay. So my second one, <clears throat> this was, this is how I tackled, um, some of the anxiety that I had, uh, last week that I was talking about before and the catastrophic thinking and the fear and all of that. Just for me, it's prayer. I mm. cannot, you know, I didn't have moments to myself at all. And the only thing that got me through last week was just to shut out as much noise as I could possibly shut out and, and pray and just pray. Um, and usually that prayer was something like, you know, I know that I'm safe. I know that my family is safe. I know that we are held and everything's going to be okay. And, and, and there was a lot of praying (laughs) a lot. I like that. That's, I spent a lot of time on step 11 trying to figure out prayer and like what you just said, that that's a prayer. I was so stuck on like a traditional prayer um, that I didn't realize I could make up my own. So I like that, Sandra. Oh, yeah, you can make up your own. <laughs> I just needed permission. <laughs> and my okay. sponsor gave it to me. I Granted. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, you helped me with it because you had me listen to the poet Marie Howe on Krista Tippett's On Being podcast. Mm-hmm. And when she said, mm-hmm. every act can be a prayer, mm-hmm. I wrote that down. And I was like, huh, like doing the dishes can be a prayer. Mm-hmm. Or meditation, you know, just like I got, I got it. I was like, oh, okay. It doesn't have to be these words that you say on your knees, like knelt down. Like it can be something you can make it what you want to make it. And I like that. Right. Yeah. That is a good one. Uh, so I'm taking this class. My number two is I'm taking this online workshop from Tiffany Hahn, who was our guest on episode 15. And it's called 31 Days to Flow. And it was starting on August 1st, which I was feeling I had um, guests, a house full of guests here. And I didn't feel like I could start the class. Um, but then I watched some of her videos and realized, like, I'm just going to give it a shot. You know, what do I have to, I can learn from this. Either it's going to help or it's not, or it's going to be overwhelming or it's not. Like, I won't know until I just do it. So I was open and willing. And... 
we're into the fourth week right now. I'm going to take the little class today, the video segment. I'm going to watch and do the workbook. And it is kind of reshuffling my thinking about how I spend my day, how I stack my time, what I give importance to, where I'm getting stuck. Um, so more will be revealed on that. But that has been this week, like kind of focusing on that and paying attention um, to what my values are. You do a value list and, um, you know, the pot top, my number one value is honesty. And I got to be honest with myself about some stuff. And oh, for yeah. me, that was like how much I'm on social media. Mm -hmm. And I need to reorder my time there because I'm not getting some stuff done. And I'm at the end of the day feeling a little spent or that I'm not reading or making time for that. That's all my doing. So um, the 31 Days to Flow class with Tiffany Hahn, that was my number two. Nice. Yeah. Okay, well, number three is a little one, simple, but <clears throat> when I was in Chicago, I had this handcrafted, everything's called, everything's handcrafted, which is uh -huh. sort of redundant, but whatever. <laughs> um, but it was a ginger beer soda. It was so good. So the last couple of mornings, I've kind of fallen down the Pinterest rabbit hole looking at sodas and uh, you know and then that's led to other recipes and whatnot but it was delicious it was so gingery I've made ginger syrup before but it's never come out so gingery I guess I just there just wasn't enough ginger but I'm gonna up my game on that try to make my own because it was so good I had one that was ginger and lemonade that was super gingery um, mm -hmm. last week when I went to San Francisco, it was kind of that whole thing. Like you said, these handcrafted, uh, drinks. Um, but I thought, well, that sounds fun, you know, cause I don't usually drink a lot of non-alcoholic drink. I usually drink water, sparkling water. I don't either. I, I so usually order water, treat. sparkling water as mm -hmm. well. And when she offered it, because I immediately turned down the alcohol and I was with my kids, then she kind of went there and I was like, yes, yes, mm -hmm. we will be having that. It was our last <laughs> night. We all had something just special. It was really Aww. awesome. Yeah. It looked good. I saw that. I think you took a picture of that. I thought it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and sometimes I buy ginger beers, but they're a little too sweet for me sometimes. But this one wasn't the handmade, like you said, uh, what you've just described, probably just mm -hmm. super gingery and just really good. Yeah. All right. Well, my last one. Um, so number two, I talked about the class with Tiffany Hahn, a podcaster. She has a couple podcasts, and she's a business coach and brand And she's been on our show. She's been on our show. And I went to an event with her um, in the city for the 100-Day Project. And that was um, put on by um, artist L. Luna. And she wrote the book, um, The Crossroads of Should and Must. Have you read that book, Sandra? I didn't read the book book but I did read the like article or whatever that mm -hmm. I guess inspired the book I think yeah. she like published the article first before the book she did. and um that kind of went viral and so or it was a TED talk or something I can't remember but anyway I I either read it or watched the TED talk or something a while ago whenever that that came out Oh, well, it is so, so she is quite the inspiration. So she and a woman named Lindsay Jean Thompson, um, who runs a, a, an organization called Women Catalysts, 
they teamed up to do this 100 day project, uh, kind of, they did an online class for it, which I did not take, but anyhow, they threw this meetup in San Francisco and I uh, reached out to Tiffany to see if she wanted to go. Cause I knew she did a 100 day project and we went down there, had dinner, um, overcame some procrastination. Anyhow, what I want to recommend is the book, the actual book by L Luna, the crossroads of should and must. I got this book, um, little over two years ago when I met up with Holly from hip sobriety and we met up to talk about working on a project. And she said, I need you to read this book. Um, I think you're going to love it. And I want to make something, uh, not copy it, but I want to make something like that where it's really organic and free flowing and the images and the artwork. And I want you just to kind of look at it. So I did, I bought it and I quickly gave it away because I didn't want to copy it. Right. I didn't want to, mm-hmm. it was beautiful and I loved it, but I was like, Oh my God, I love this so much. And it is like kind of what I do, like some of this art and drawing mm-hmm. and hand lettering that I'm like, it's got to leave me. So I don't, you didn't so want to be too influenced. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I didn't follow L on social media because I didn't want to see anything because mm-hmm. you don't want yeah, to start copying somebody. You want to be, um, authentic, but mm-hmm. I got over myself. So after I saw, met her on Thursday night and I wore one of your beautiful kimonos, the Grace Felix. kimono, everybody loved it. Everybody That's loved so it. exciting. I came home the next day and bought the book again for the second time and I am rereading it. And it just talks about, you know, there's all these shoulds and then there's the must of your life and how mm-hmm. you can really tune in and listen to that must. Um, and so I highly, I highly recommend it for anybody who wants to like start a creative path of their own. And, I want uh, that book. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think you would love it. I think I would. Yeah. So that's it. That's my number three. That's a long winded number three, a lot of stuff in there, but it's the crossroads of should and must by L Luna. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Right, well, friend. well, here we are. Fall. <laughs> no, you're not official. It's not official. It's not official. The season has not changed, but it feels like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. A shift in kind of um, our time. And mm-hmm. We have a bunch of fun like people that we want to interview that are coming up, which I'm not going to like let the cat out of the bag on that, but I am super excited about a couple of them. And, um, yeah. And if you guys want to hear anything that you want to talk about or that you want us to discuss here on the show, feel free to message us or send us a no- um, an email or a note on Instagram. You can join our Facebook page, the Unruffled yeah, please, Podcast. Please join our Facebook page. Um, either message us on Facebook or through Instagram or through our websites and let us know if you want to be added to our secret group. I love our little group. Yeah. It's growing. Yeah, it Slowly. is growing. It is, and I think that's just exactly right. Yep, um, I agree. But yeah, any ideas or things or people that you want to hear from on the show, we would love to take your ideas. And all right, that's it, friend. All right. Well, go forth and <laughs> prosper. <laughs> I'm going to go enjoy the quiet of my home right now. Yes. <laughs> all right. I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by NMMD. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designer Chris Fagiri. Thanks for listening.